0: Hello, my name is Lavina Ray, the new chair of NSH's Awards Committee, and I will be hosting the second season of NSH's podcast series Awards Cast. In this series, recipients of various NSH awards and scholarships will discuss the projects these scholarships have funded and share some of the life changing opportunities they have encountered as a result of their involvement in the scholarship program.
1: My name is Yongfu Wong, I'm a senior histotechnologist at the Stowers Institute for Medical Research. I'm currently working with Gail on the Journal of Histotechnology. As an associate editor, I nominated Gail for the Micah Leadership in Teaching Award last year to recognize her for her dedication to sharing her knowledge of histotechnology. So Gail, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us how you get started in your lifelong career in histology?
0: Yes. I'm uh, Gail Callis. I am now editor in chief for the Journal of Histotechnology, and I started in 1962 after I graduated with a bachelor of science degree in medical technology. And histology at that time was part of the medtech training, and it captured my interest. I went directly from training to oral pathology research at the University of Washington, and uh, histology has been my profession for over 57 years.
1: Wow, 57 years. Did I hear wrong? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is so amazing. I'm not young. (laughs) It's so amazing. You know, I guess you said 1962. That year, NSH even even started yet?
0: No, it was not started until much later than that.
1: Yeah, I remember you sent me several publications that come back to 1970s. Uh, when I was working uh, on my first editorial for Journal of technology. I was amazed to have those documents because I cannot get it.
0: I like to cite and provide publications when answering uh, questions on the block mm-hmm. and other list servers and I will do that anytime anybody wants something. All they have to do is contact me.
1: I will do it for them. <laughs> okay, I'm very happy because I'm a young uh, and you relatively related to your members for this organization. I'm just amazed by how many programs are available for being educated in this uh, organization.
0: NSH has been very active in education. The publication of the Journal of Technology, which started, I believe, in 1974. The workshops, so the annual symposium and conventions and regional meetings. And then later on, the networking that we enjoyed through committees, setting up the blog, which was done more recently. Their discussions, the blogs
1: and social media. Wow, they're just kind of gradually, graduate, develop and expanded their program for educating the professionals, right? So how do you want your followers like me or other professionals to continue this ever in the next decade?
0: Well, you never stop learning. (laughs) Um, And in this time of rapidly developing technology,
1: and you have
0: to take the time to read, it is our responsibility to continuously
1: educate ourselves. It's a must. Yeah, it's just kind of continuous education like you mentioned. You never stop reading and studying. Okay, so we have to remember that learning is our keyword here.
0: Yeah. Right. And it's, and a lot of it is self-learning. You have to be self-motivated to do this.
1: Yeah. So for many professionals, you know, they're busy with daily schedule. They may have three shifts a day. Any advice you probably could give for such busy professionals? You know, how can we refer to the GOH for the daily work, how we should be motivated for self-learning to share your experience with us? Yeah. Well, a lot of my leisure time reading
0: is science and I know that family life and there's a life outside of the laboratory but if you travel I've taken journals with me articles just print them out do whatever but it's continuous I also have this absolutely monstrous library of uh, literature on
1: histotechnology well wow. uh, you know I, I got to see your pictures to share me on the uh, convention <laughs> center <laughs> I'll send you one. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, you have done numerous presentations, not only for NSH as well as for state societies, I'm, I'm sure for the university as well. How did you get started presenting?
0: Well, my first talk was very brief at some Montana state meeting. I don't even believe that it was all, it was not about histology, it was medical technology, and it was just more for clinical laboratories in the state. And then I did a veterinary presentation in 1987 at the Seattle Symposium Convention. And, you know, my first presentations were a little disorganized, and so it was a learning process, but I really leaped into the big time. NSH presentations in 1991 Orlando with uh, Diane Sturkey on plastic sectioning. Diane has always been my mentor and it just has continued.
1: Great, great. So as you mentioned, you know, your first presentation was not going as you anticipated. Within the NSH, we will have many first-come presenters. So do you have any advice for first-time presenters? Yes, you are the teacher. You
0: become the expert uh-huh. and know your topic thoroughly, including <clears throat> all the practical aspects and literature because you're going to be asked questions.
1: Okay, so your suggestion is just to be focused, know what you're going to talk about, be well-prepared. You know what you're going to present, and also, you'll be prepared to take questions. Is that right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Great. Thank you. Uh, you know, even for me, I have present several times, and many times I should say in the past. But uh, when I was practicing my presentation to my kiddos and the young kids, and they always, every time, they pick some points and say, you did this. Not good. You could do it better. So, what are pitfalls you haven't seen with PPT and oral presentation? And what are your advice would offer to give those presenters in order to make their presentation more attractive and more focused and more informative? Yeah,
0: I've actually presented workshops on how to do PowerPoint presentations for NSH. And first of all, you keep your presentation simple. Uh-huh. It still has to be informative, but simple. And and then I get down to the really technical aspect of doing a PowerPoint mm-hmm. is you use large fonts for easier reading because I sit in the back of the room. You have to provide references. You want to keep your attendees uh, well-informed, not only with the talk, but also with references. Mm-hmm. And, and I have some real pet peeves. One of them is no black backgrounds on the slides with white letter fonts, because this will trigger an instant uh, headache on my part. And not only that, but if you try to print the handout, the PDF that NSA Joyce provides, Mm -hmm. it's unreadable. Um, The other thing is I'm not very fond of what I say are QC titles. Catchy titles just don't just don't make the grade and and i've been guilty of using them titles must reflect what is presented scientifically
1: wow a lot of suggestions you know i'm sure i made several mistakes especially for the font. i can i can tell sometimes they use a small letter you may just see it as a small ant from the back of the room yeah Um,
0: i lately i've learned to sit up in the front (laughs)
1: <laughs> I will make sure, I will take your advice and make sure my next presentation looks more, you know, more professional. So you have described as having a lot of area of expertise, including crowd sectioning fluorescence, you're expert on that, and calcified bone, you're good at that too. Do you have a favorite topic to educate on?
0: Actually, this is kind of a tough one. I I have a feeling that probably my favorites have been presenting on cross sectioning of marine tissue for immunohistochemistry and immunofluorescence. That was my main work later on in my career and captured my interest the most. The other would be presentations for either decalcified or undecalcified bone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a high demand for that particular. Kind of workshop, and those have always been a great deal of fun to, be, to
1: give. Okay, I'm sure I, I keep several protocols from you, like you said, cross section and for it works very beautifully. I, I should say it's beautifully. I just keep that in practice on my daily work too. Now, thank you, girl. You were recently uh, promoted to editor in chief of the Journal of Historic Knowledge. You have been working to make some changes. Uh, What is going on with the journal right now? Can you share a little bit more in detail?
0: There are now updated, revised aims and scope for the journal so that potential authors and authors who are wanting to submit to the journal know what we would like to have in the journal in terms of topics and so on. And uh, we now participate in what's called BioArchives. It's a biological science preprint service to increase the mission and raise the journal of visibility, and this is done through our publisher. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be publishing a special topics issue on molecular and and immunostaining techniques later this year, of which you are the guest editor. Thank you. I think that uh, the journal of histotechnology just needs to be more visible, and we can do this through the NSH blog, fixation on histology, the blog discussions. Uh, the social networking that is now done.
1: Uh, as the editor of the Journal of Histotechnology, you're extremely up to date on the latest in histology research. What trend do you see as being the most important in the future of histo- histology?
0: Well, these trends are going to apply to both clinical and research histology. I see there's going to be improved molecular histotechniques. That's ongoing more and more immunostaining and improvements there the wonderful new multiplex technology digital pathology
1: yeah, more a-
0: automated and improved equipment higher resolution microscopy and with far better and improved digital imaging uh, it's ongoing there's a lot of information out there and, and it's just this vast open network of what's going on in our
1: future why you know, it looks like we have to be prepared to be multiple tox- toxin. You know, uh, so like you said, a lot of uh, cool technologies going on, and there has been emerged into our histology laboratory, in the research setting as well as in diagnostic uh, histology laboratory. So, what yeah. advice would we would give to our members in order to be well prepared? For the future well
0: you need to learn about the latest methods materials and present workshops webinars and of course always read the literature now it doesn't always have to be a journal it can be keep up on your textbooks too new ones come out and they add more new information mm-hmm. so i've always had the motto is uh, be prepared even if you don't currently do the hands-on work, you can self-teach yourself many things and always have it in your mind that, that it's a possibility you're going to do it. You should be active in NSH and whatever. Don't be shy. You ask for help.
1: Great. So, Gail, you have shared us uh, so many insights in order to keep ourselves being well-educated and to be motivated to be self-educated. I'm sure your advice will benefit many members, and I hope to see your uh, reply on the blog and uh, everywhere we can reach you. I, my Personally, I, pr- I really appreciate your uh, education to be a mentor to give me more opportunity to learn a lot of things in histology, which I didn't know before. I really appreciate you. It is my honor to nominate you to award this uh, excellent in teaching award. I'm looking forward to read more posts on the blog. Thank you, Gail. You're
0: welcome, Yongfu.